0: The episode of Tell Them And we are I told you that we're going to continue the episode From Sunday And so this is the second part Of the episode Tell Them Or Tell Them Alright Our operating scripture for this Episode was Romans 10 So if you may Please just turn your Bibles there Romans 10 from verse 12 to 15 alright um, the messy Middle series has been um, a magnifying of the wisdom of God in putting the church in the middle of a dying world of a dark world and the church has been placed right in the middle of the dark world to do the very same thing that Jesus did Remember the episode, As the Father sent me, so send I you. And then he went ahead to show how that he came to forgive sins. And we also have the ability to forgive sins. Whoever sins we forgive is forgiven. Whoever sins we retain is retained. Meaning that we have been given the responsibility of going into the world that is filled with darkness... And shining the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, what a delight and what a joy it is you know to to know this. Praise God. you know it is a delight and it is a delight and a joy all right, for us to be in that place where God um, depends on our ability to shine the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus everywhere we go okay so having said that um, we're going right into the the teaching tonight and it's going to be very beautiful I want you to also remember all right that we talked about we talked about something very important as well that there is the importance of gathering together, of not forsaking the gathering of ourselves together, and we shared that God has chosen to distribute his his um his goods, his benefits, his revelations, you know, within the gathering of the church. All right, and we also mentioned that there were four things that the body of Christ were known for alright they were known for prayer they were known for fellowship they were known for continuing steadfastly in the apostles doctrine alright they were known for breaking of bread and they did this steadfastly okay and that's like a template for us as well with regards to how we ought to um, live okay so I'm going to be talking about um, an extension of what we what we shared on Sunday, what enables us to share our faith with other people, you know, how we are enabled and emboldened to share our faith with other believers, and that's where we're going to um, go today, okay? So just stay tuned. you're going to be so blessed tonight alright so Romans chapter number 10 from verse 12 it says for there is no distinction I'm reading from the New King James for there is no distinction between between the Jew and the Greek for the same Lord alright for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him verse 13 for whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved so let's let's start with this God is reached to all who call upon him in other words the gospel is reached to all who call upon him there is no and this is very important there is no disparity there is no um, segregation okay between one person and the other the The word of God God is rich To all who call upon him So the gospel is for all The gospel is for everyone who Dares to come The gospel is for all You see God is rich Towards all who call upon him So What are we calling upon him for? For salvation God is rich Not to a few Not to some Think about someone who has wealth to go around. God is rich in love for all. God is rich in righteousness for all. God is rich in mercy for all. God is rich in amazing grace for all. God is rich in compassion for all. God is rich in provision for all. Abba is rich in, you know, you know, providing for all you see so the same lord is reached to all who will call upon him now that gives you a picture of who this gospel is for we do not um segregate we do not um counsel our people and say the gospel is not for you all right no matter how terrible a person has been the gospel is for them because god is reached to all he's reached to all he's Riches goes to all Who will call upon him That's good news Because you need to know the father's heart Please take note of this You need to know the father's heart So that you know not to disqualify people That God has qualified Now let me also say this You need to know the father's heart So that you don't disqualify yourself You see because the last time I checked You are part of the all that God is reached towards. Now, you see, I like the fact, and I always say this, I like the fact that when God wrote scripture, there were no, there were no clauses, there were no maybes, there were no hidden clauses that God put there to trap you. Do you understand? Reach to all, all being everybody and all including you. Now you see, many times we're very, even though this doesn't always happen all the time, But many times, some people are very quick to believe that God loves the world. But then when you begin to narrow it down to you, I mean, the the conversation begins to change. Well, God loves the world, but I'm not necessarily sure that God is rich towards me. You see, so it begins to change. It's okay. The enemy makes people to believe that it is okay when we generalize the love of God. Alright, but the moment you begin to personalize the love of God and begin to say, oh, it's, he's rich towards you, then the enemy begins to bring arguments, begins to bring smooth arguments, smooth ideology, smooth logic, you know, to bring you to that place where you begin to discredit what God has said. But you see, when the Bible says God is rich to all who call upon him, it is both those on the outside and you who is on the inside you understand the unbeliever the the your next fellow christian and yourself now once you realize that god is rich towards you despite you then it becomes easy for you to to know that god is rich towards others and then it becomes easy for you to allow god to be rich towards others through you Praise God forevermore. Alright, so the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon Him. So, if, for example, and I'm, I'm saying this because many times we get into trouble. Many times we make mistakes. Many times we do stuff that is wrong. Many times we may mess up. And we it's important for you to recognize that God is rich towards you. And then he is reached to others through you. I want you to take note of that. God is reached towards you. And God is reached to others through you. That's very important. Very, very important. And you must take a hold of this in your spirit. It must be a reality. Hallelujah to you. You must be conscious about this truth now let's go to verse 13 it says for whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved I remember John 6 and verse 20 something all right that that talks about how that everyone who comes God will not cast away everyone who dares to come will not be thrown out you see this is God's mind hallelujah so whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord whosoever all right shall be saved now salvation is of two kinds here all right it is Soteria which is salvation from sin and all of that but Jesus did not just come to save us from sin he came to also save us from circumstances he came to also save us from decisions he came to also save us from situations so anyone who calls on the name of the Lord you might be in a tight spot. You might be in a situation and you call upon the name of the Lord. The Bible says you will be saved. There is always saving for everyone who calls. Now when God sent Jesus, He sent Him with a job description to save and that salvation is without questioning, is without fault finding, is without accusation, is without guilt and condemnation see when god is saving you he doesn't save you all right after first beating you because something is your fault okay when god is saving you he saves you no questions asked all right now so this is the good news this is the good news okay that there is salvation for me and there is salvation for others through me that god wants to reach the world through the church and believers in church people who are born again, who are committed to a local church, must be enlightened as to what God's heart is. Praise God. So that you don't hold people to account for things that God has already set them free for. So that you don't hold people accountable for things that God has let them go for. And so that you don't hold yourself accountable for something that God has let you free on and God has forgiven you for. You know, and it's it's everywhere. I mean, you can make a career blunder. You know, and five years down the line, you believe that you are still suffering from you know the blonde that you made five years ago that you are still suffering from that error no that 's not the nature of your father, okay. The nature of your father is to save you from the sec- consequences of even the error that you made yourself. maybe you had limited judgment, maybe you did not have all the full um, um details that you needed to make that decision you made it in a haste the enemy is a liar you shouldn't live for the rest of your life paying the price for the mistakes that you made you know in that career because jesus has made that payment for you his payment is all-encompassing you understand and so you can trust and expect that you can go into life you can go into your future okay with god redeeming time for you all right you can go into your future experiencing restoration experiencing the redemption of time experiencing a buyback of the time that you seem to have lost so that is the good news okay that is the good news that's the first part of this teaching the good news the second part is the fact that we have a responsibility now please pay attention we have a responsibility To let this good news flow from us to other people. So let's read verse 14. How shall they call on him whom they have not believed? Now, first things first, is how shall they call upon him that they have not known? Because you have to know him before you can believe him. So it is that both you and the outsider cannot call on the one that you have not known. Okay. Now now if you understand this that God is the most important, you know, in God is the most important being going on happening in the planet right now. God is the most important person that is that is that is um happening in the planet as we speak. Are you getting what I'm saying? God is the most important. And so if if nobody told you that you could call on him and have a relationship with him if you had no idea all right that you could have a relationship with abba and nobody made mention to you that you see you're going to be missing out on something so this gives new meaning to you having a pastor because your pastor helps you your leader your pastor helps you to know the heart of your father Brings the, the the heart of God to you all the time. Praise God. Helps you to understand the Father's heart towards you. You know, shows you the heart of the Father towards you. That's so important. Now it says, how shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? So he's saying that for you to believe, you would have to know him. And for you to know him, somebody has to tell you about him. You see, so we are actually in the game of communicating the knowledge of the Father so that people can come to a place of belief. Now, for example, how shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? If you find yourself in a financial mess, You find yourself in an emotional mess You find yourself in um, a moral mess You find yourself in a situation Maybe a decision making situation It might not be a mess But it might be a situation where you need to make a decision Alright If nobody told you That you can call upon the Lord in that situation You would never know to call So our calling on the Lord Actually is a function of knowing that he hears us okay and then believing in him so how shall we call on one that we have not believed? this is so powerful and I just want to take my time to really explain it to you how shall we call on the one that we have not believed so how shall you how can you call on Jesus in whom you have not believed as your Savior you see how can you call on Jesus for healing when you have not believed in him for healing and how can you believe when nobody told you that jesus loves to heal how can you call on jesus when you make a mistake okay if you have not believed that god is not angry with you how can you call how can you reach out okay so and how will you believe is no if nobody told you that god is not angry with you so we see something very important here we see that Our progress Oh boy, this is so powerful Our progress in the things of the Spirit Our progress in the things of God Our progress in our journey in life with the Lord Is based on what we have believed And that belief is shaped by what we have known You see And what we are going to bring other people into The the supernatural experiences That we are going to bring other people into Is based on what we have believed That is born out of what we have known And that is actually born out of what we have been taught. So you won't be able to bring somebody into a healing experience that you do not know is available. You won't be able to bring someone into a prosperity experience that you do not know is available. You won't be able to bring someone into a righteousness experience that you are not sure is available. So first things first is that you have been taught to know this is available as a provision that Jesus has made available and then you now believe and then you can now call If, if there be a need to call for example you want to make a decision and you know that you are loved by God because you've been taught that God leads you out of his love and you want to make a decision you can easily now begin to flow you know based on that revelation that god loves you and so he leads you then you now begin to flow into the manifestation of that leading i don't know if this makes sense to you praise god forevermore so he says how shall they call on him in whom they have not believed now pay attention to this the calling on him is very important you know because he's there to help he's there to help so the calling on him is very important he is there to save he's there to heal you know he's full of provision for us he's there to love he's there to guide he's there to correct he's there to instruct do you understand what i'm saying he's actually available for you but how can you take advantage of that which is available if nobody told you he was available it's just thinking about it like you, uh, a car, uh, a very nice SUV has been made available for you, but you never came to lay claim on it because nobody ever told you that that car belonged to you. You see what I'm saying? So the call is very important because something is already been made available and you have to take delivery of that which has been made available. So how shall they call on him that they have not believed and how shall they believed on him of whom they have not heard, you see. So we hear through the teaching of the word. We hear through, you know, the revelation of Jesus contained in the teaching of the word. We hear. Then we believe. Then we call. So you are, de- if you are not sharing with someone, you're depriving them of a call. In other words, you're depriving them of the opportunity to call on the Lord for a situation that they're in. It might be for their salvation. It might be for their healing. It might be be for guidance. It might be for provision. And many people call out of religion. They call out of religiosity. They don't, they are not sure that God actually hears them. Let's just fulfill all righteousness and just call. No, that's not how we behave here. We call knowing fully well that He hears us. Okay? How shall they and let's continue verse 14 and how shall they hear without a preacher you see and how shall they preach unless they are sent as it is written how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace who bring glad tidings of good things praise God you see this is this is God describing your feet that your feet is beautiful why because you're a bearer of the gospel your feet is beautiful Because you carry glad tidings Look at the description of the gospel It is called glad tidings of good things Glory to God Glad tidings of healing Glad tidings of salvation Glad tidings of health Glad tidings of prosperity Good things So it means that God doesn't have evil to give God doesn't have wickedness to give God doesn't have frustration to give It is glad tidings of good things Not sorrowful tidings of evil things But glad tidings of good things He says how beautiful Our feet is beautiful Because we are bearers of glad tidings of good things So every time you open your mouth To share the gospel with other people To tell them Hallelujah You are to remember that your feet Has been beautified And you are a bearer of glad tidings of good things now let me tell you these glad tidings of good things is for you it has come to you thank God I'm a preacher so I'm announcing that to you the glad tidings of good things is for you all right then it flows through you to others so glad tidings of good things right now as we share with you by the spirit that no matter how dark it seems to be no matter how deep your emotions have gone no matter how broken you seem to be no matter how no matter how 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 um clouded, you know, things seem to be, or how cloudy things seem to be today. Alright? The glad tidings of good things is that Jesus is on your boat, and there is peace in the middle of the storm. Hallelujah! The glad tidings of good things is that your sins are forgiven, and God is no longer angry with you. The glad tidings of good things is that surely goodness and mercy haunts you down, overtakes you, and overshadows you. Hallelujah! The glad tidings of good things is that everywhere you go, you are surrounded with favor as with a shield the glad tidings of good things is the lord supplies every single one of your needs according to his riches in glory hallelujah the glad tidings of good things is that god has given you wisdom hallelujah christ has been made unto you wisdom hallelujah you have the wisdom of god at working you at all times glory to god the glad tidings of good things is that your sins are forever forgiven you see what i'm saying now so we are bearers of the glad tidings of good things that other people have to hear. So look at, for example, imagine that all the things that, imagine, think about all the things that you've learned in church. Think about all the things that you've come to know from the day you came, be it eight years ago, five years ago. No, we we're not up to eight years. You know, the, from the day you came till today, think about it how that the lord you know has you know brought so much knowledge into your heart now the preacher who brought this to you you know in 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 this you know um, in this way you know is is yeah. you know speaking about the idea you know that your feet you know is the the feet of the preacher is beautiful you see My feet is beautiful for bringing God's light into your heart concerning who you are in Christ. Now when you take these same truths and you go and begin to share them with your friends, Hallelujah, your feet is also beautiful. Glory to God. Because you are bringing people into the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. And you've got to realize that, look, without you, many people may not come into this light so write this down all right write this down the work of telling people about what jesus did is as important as what jesus did the work of telling people about what jesus did is as important as what jesus did you see let me tell you of what benefit is it that jesus did something all right And that people cannot know what Jesus has done. Of what benefit is it? Okay? Of what benefit is it that Jesus did something, yet nobody knows? It's of no benefit at all. See? So it's of no benefit. So write this down. The work of telling people about what Jesus did is as important as what Jesus did. Praise God. Telling people about what Jesus did, amen, is as important as what Jesus did. If Jesus did it and we don't tell it, then it means that we are making what Jesus did go to waste. Because people have to know what Jesus did. Thank you dear Lord Jesus. Now let's look at 2 Timothy chapter number 1 from verse 8 to 10. Second Timothy chapter number one from verse eight to ten. Look at what it says. It says, Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God. Look at that. So it tells you the reason why many people would not tell it is because they are ashamed. It says, Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord nor of me his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God. You see, do not be ashamed. Hallelujah. Do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. Tell the testimony of our Lord. Tell them about what Jesus has accomplished open your mouth and share with your friends open your mouth and share with your neighbors open your mouth create time for it create time for the spreading of the gospel the same way you create time for other things create time to share the gospel let's continue verse 9 he says who has saved us and called us with a holy calling not according to our works not according to his own purpose And grace which he has given to us in Christ before the time begun but has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel now look at this this is this this is so important this is actually a messy middle conversation that through the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ in Christ Light and immortality has been brought to life. Light and immortality has been brought to life. In other words, Light and immortality has been brought to people's consciousness. Light and immortality. You know, number one, he has abolished death. You see, so that also has has to come into people's consciousness. That death, which is separation from God, has been abolished. Death because of sin has been abolished. And now life and immortality has come to light. Life and immortality has come to light. In other words, has come to be known. Life in Christ. Eternal life. Immortality. The ability to, to live forever. Eternal life has come to light. Has come to the, the, to the forefront. In other words, you know, scripture says in your light we see light. So life and immortality is what has come to light. It's what God brought to light in the finished work of Jesus. It's what God brought into our consciousness because of what Jesus accomplished. Life and immortality. The zoe life, the God life can now be lived here on earth. Immortality. Immortality which has to do with life everlasting, eternal life. Being immortal, the ability to be that has been brought to light. In other words, it has come to the consciousness of humanity that it is possible to experience the Zoe life. It is possible to experience immortality on God's level. It is possible for you to experience that. Now, this is something that we shouldn't be ashamed to share with the world. Now, look at verse 11. It says, it is this reality that I have been appointed to be a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles. You see, it is the light and, sorry, the life and immortality that has been brought to light that Paul is saying I've been given the responsibility of telling them have been given the responsibility of preaching it to the Gentiles. So you and I must realize that we also have the responsibility of sharing to the world around us the life and immortality that has come to light in the person of Jesus. So what this means is that they cannot find God's life and they cannot find God's immortality in any other way, in any other place. And this is why the gospel is unique. The death, burial and resurrection of Jesus has brought us to a place of life and immortality. It means that the version of God's life and immortality cannot be found any other way except in Christ. And that's good news. Because if you have God's life and you have immortality it has come to light through the gospel. Then every other thing is subject to that do you understand what i'm saying healing is subject to that health is subject to that provision is subject to that prosperity is subject to that direction is subject to that i want to say this again just in case you've not heard it before there is no manifestation of the spirit that is greater than the salvation of the believer when i say manifestation of the spirit i mean you know all of the gifts and the fruits of the holy ghost not one is greater than our salvation. Than the manifestation of our salvation. And once you understand that. God has given us the greater for free. It means that you now already have access. To all the other manifestations. You know these things. Word of wisdom. Word of knowledge. Healing. Working of miracles. You know we've lived in an, in an age. That made it so difficult. All this while. But you see you cannot magnify. An an instrument in the house more than the house itself it is being ushered into the house that gives you access to use all of the tools in the house so the Holy Spirit has you know um, gifts has things available to his children but what we are celebrating is that we have come home don't ever magnify um, uh, um, the ability to work miracles more than salvation You you would be shortchanging yourself. God in Christ brought us into the greater. So that we can experience the lesser. He brought us into the greater for free. So that we can experience the lesser for free. I'll put it like this. God brought you into the greater for free. So that you can experience the lesser easily and freely. That's what Jesus did. So life and immortality has come to light. It means without Jesus, outside of Jesus, we will not know what light and immortality is. Can you see the reason why you need to brace yourself and put away the shame and begin to share the gospel with other people? Because without you sharing the gospel, many people will not come to light and to immortality. They will not come to life and immortality. In other words, they will not come to eternal life and they will not come to immortality that comes as a result of Jesus and what he has done. So write this down, please. What God did, Jesus accomplished, I now have the duty to share. So I put it like this. What God did that Jesus accomplished, I now have the duty to share what did God do the Bible says that God gave up his son Jesus right from the foundation of the world Jesus was given up right from the foundation of the world so Jesus came to accomplish the father's dream so what God did that Jesus accomplished I now have the responsibility to tell others praise God forevermore and how am I, I going to do it I am going to have to do it without being ashamed now let's go to the book of Acts chapter number 19 and verse 1 I want to touch something very quickly and I want to touch this very important reality okay so that you know that you have been taught this and you won't say oh nobody has taught me now you see in preaching the gospel It is important that you hear certain things. And that's what I'm about to show you today. Now Acts 19 from verse 1. It says, And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth, that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples. Pay attention. He found some disciples, meaning they were already followers of Christ. He said unto them did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed and they said to him we have not as much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit you see you see so what they did not hear they could not receive what they did not hear about what nobody told them about they could not receive okay let's continue verse 3 And he said unto them into what then were you baptized and they said into John's baptism I want you to pay attention to this pay attention to this you see now let's continue then Paul said John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him that is on Christ when they heard this they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus and when Paul laid hands on them the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied now I want you I want to bring something to your mind right now so they said they have not even as much as heard of the Holy Spirit and then John uh, that. Paul asked them a very important question he said unto what then were you baptized and they said unto John's baptism so the first thing that you must understand is is that the baptism that these guys these disciples received was called John's baptism okay it was called John's baptism now we will go into scripture and show you what John's baptism means We'll show you what John's baptism means. But you see, these buttresses, this scripture buttresses what I have been trying to say. That you cannot come into something that you have not heard about. You cannot enjoy something that has not come into your consciousness as a revelatory reality. And those who are in your world will not be able to enjoy something that has not come to them as a revelatory reality. So Paul here had to be the one to bring meaning to them and preach to them for them to come into the experience of that thing. But now the question is, what is John's baptism and who taught them about John's baptism? Because Paul is making it clear here that the baptism that they should have received was the baptism of the Holy Ghost. They should have received the Holy Ghost when they believed. But they had not heard about the holy ghost because the person who taught them taught them wrong he taught them something that incapacitated them you see why this is important who is teaching and what they are teaching the person who taught them incapacitated them now let's look at this okay so the guy who taught them John's baptism instead of the baptism of the Holy Spirit because we are looking at, we are looking at two things now. John, Baptist, John's baptism versus the baptism of the Holy Spirit. What was John's baptism? What is the baptism of the Holy Spirit? What was the ki- criteria for John's baptism? What was the criteria for the baptism of the Holy Spirit? I'll show you some very important things. Now the guy who taught them about John's baptism, was Apollos let's look at Acts chapter number 18 and verse 24 the book of Acts 18 and verse 24 Acts 18 and verse 24 now look at it it says now a certain Jew named Apollos born at Alexandria an eloquent man and mighty in scripture came to Ephesus this man had been instructed in the way of the Lord and being fervent in spirit he spoke and thought accurately the things of the Lord look at this look at this though he knew only the baptism of John Wow Wow you see so all that he knew was the baptism of John verse 26 look at verse 26 so he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. Okay? He began to talk boldly in the synagogue. But you see, now let's go back to verse 24. A certain man named, a certain Jew named Apollos, born in Alexandria. So number one, his name was Apollos. Now Apollos was a very eloquent man. Apollos had hands. He had speech. Apollos was an eloquent man. Actually, it is said that apollos was more eloquent than paul paul had a stuttering problem but apollos was an eloquent man historians actually say that paul had a stuttering problem and paul was a short guy he wasn't a very tall person but apollos was tall apollos was eloquent apollos is the kind of person you want to be your pastor Apollos is the kind of person that you, you want to identify with as your pastor. He's tall, he's, he's eloquent, he's well studied, you know, he's, he's a forward thinking guy. He's of the city of Alexandria. You know, an eloquent man, verse 24. And mighty in scripture, so he knew scriptures. Okay? He came to Ephesus. He came to where Paul was. That's why you, you hear scripture saying, Some people say, I am of Paul. Others say, I am of Apollos. This Apollos, you know, he came with incomplete doctrine. His doctrine stopped at the baptism of John. Though he was eloquent about it, he went ahead, you know, um, teaching people falsely. Now, this man had been instructed in the way of the Lord. Okay, so that a person is mighty in scripture does not mean that a person is teaching things accurately. That a person can quote scripture, quote scripture, does not mean that they are rightly dividing the word of truth. So this man was mighty in scripture, but he did not have the accurate knowledge, the right dividing of of the word of truth. You know, now this man had been instructed in the way of the Lord. So he knew the way of the Lord. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord. But it is important what he knew about the way of the Lord, because you cannot give what you don't have. You see and being fervent in spirit he was fervent in spirit like he had everything was right he was fervent in spirit and taught accurately the things of the lord in other words to the degree that he knew he taught it accurately but guess what let's look at the the problem now though he knew only the baptism of john you see so all that he knew was the baptism of john that's all he knew he didn't know The baptism of the Holy Ghost he knew the baptism of John and that's what he was teaching and that's why the disciples that he taught only stopped at what he knew and were incapacitated because they couldn't do beyond what he knew so they only stopped at what you know Apollos knew now let's look at verse 26 so he began to speak boldly in the synagogue When Aquila and Priscilla heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of the Lord more accurately. You see? You see that? So it actually took Priscilla and Aquila to take him aside and explain things to him properly. And teach him the right thing. But before then, okay, he had already been teaching what he knew. Are you seeing what I'm saying? Before then, he had already been teaching what he knew. you see? He had been teaching the baptism of John. Now the question is, what is the baptism of John? Let's look at Luke chapter number 3 from verse 7 to 8. Luke chapter number 3 from verse 7 to 8. Then he said to the multitudes, I'm reading from the NKJV. Then he said to the multitudes that came out to be baptized by him, Brood of vipers, who warned you to flee the wrath that is to come. This is the baptism of John. First, he's antagonistic. People are coming to be saved. You are still cursing them. <laughs> People are coming to be born again. You are still insulting them. Brood of vipers. You are still calling them names. So he was at an antagonistic, you know, He the the baptism of John was repelling. You know, people have come, you are still telling them who want you to come to repentance. He says, Therefore, look at this. Is the baptism of John? Oh, number one, he's not, he's not gracious, he's not loving, you know, he's antagonistic. You see, the gospel that the baptism of John was antagonistic. You know, let's read again. Then he said the then he said to the multitudes that came out to be baptized by him. So it means that these guys wanted to be saved. And he said to insult them. Brood of vipers. Who want you to flee the rot to come? Verse 8. Therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance. You see? So the next thing that he's telling them, he's demanding from them. He's demanding performance from them. So the baptism of John is performance-driven. Bear fruits worthy of repentance. And do not begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. You see, are you seeing the conversation? He says, you better start to bear fruits that m- signify repentance. Otherwise, otherwise you cannot claim that you are also children of Abraham. Because God can raise stones to be children of Abraham. He's talking to them brashly there's no love in his conversation let's continue and even now the axe is laid to the foot of the tree therefore every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire so immediately he goes straight into you know antagonism he goes straight into demanding sorry about that he goes straight into demanding performance so the baptism of John is a performance driven baptism he goes straight into demanding good fruits fruits of repentance he's then he begins to say anyone who does not bear fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire now let's continue verse 10 Verse 10 so the people asked him, saying, What shall we do then? Look at verse 11. So, it's a doing, it's a doing, um, it's a doing baptism. Baptizing to doing. You keep doing, doing, doing. It's, it is a doing baptism to get God's attention. So, John's baptism was a baptism of doing, 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 doing to impress God, to get his attention. Let's continue. I want you to please pay attention to what I'm saying. Because I believe this is going to help you. So they asked, what shall we do then? Uh-uh. After you've tormented them with fear. Why will not they ask, what shall we do? What shall we do? And then he said unto them, He who has two tunics, let him give to him that has none. And he who has food, let him do likewise. Do you see? So do you know what? They asked him, what shall we do to be saved? The man is telling them to do charity. So, John's baptism is a, is a baptism into charity. Walks, do, walks, walks, do, 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 do. You know, he who has... Now, the question is, can this thing get them saved? They ask, what shall we do to be saved? He's telling them, he who has two tunics, let him give to the one who has none. And he who has food, let him do likewise. Giving them the impression that once you can do charity... Once you can do good works, once you can do, you know, benevolence, you'll be accepted by God. But scripture tells us that though, that human works counts to be nothing when it comes to eternal life, when it comes to salvation. But John is asking them to do, 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 do this, do that. First by putting fear in their hearts, by being antagonistic to them shouting at people who have come to receive the life of God and then telling them that they should go and do things for them to be qualified now let's continue verse 12 then the tax collectors also came to be baptized and and said to him teacher what shall we do you see this is the baptism of John teacher what shall we do and he said to them collect no more Than what is appointed to you. You see? So he's telling them good works. Do good works. Stop doing bad things. Stop doing evil things. That was the baptism of John. He preached repentance from a place of performance. Do, 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 do. Now verse. let's look at verse 14. Likewise the soldiers asked him saying. And what shall we do? So he said to them. Do not intimidate anyone. Or accuse falsely. And be content with your wages. You see? Verse 15. Now as the people were in expectation. And all reason in their hearts about John. Whether he is the Christ or not. Then John now began to tell them I baptize you. But you see. It was a doing, doing, doing performance driven baptism. People were baptizing to performance. To the soldiers. He said don't collect any bribe. Don't collect um, you know all of that be content with your wages don't accuse anybody falsely so john's baptism was a doing baptism no wonder the people were crippled no wonder the people couldn't do much no wonder the people couldn't accomplish much because they were incapacitated by requirements legalistic requirements So John's baptism encouraged people to do charity to be saved. John's baptism encouraged people to do to try to do good works in order to earn their salvation. So what John was simply saying is that by doing, you would be saved, including a soldier that came to that came to John, a tax collector that came to John. He told them, Do to be saved. But now We'll look at, you know, Paul. Let's look at Paul. Let's look at Paul's message. Because a soldier came to Paul as well. Let's see what Paul told the soldier. Wow. Thank you, dear Lord Jesus. What I'm sharing now is this is exactly what cripples people from being able to share their faith. When you are driven, you are driven by do's, 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 do's. You would be incapacitated. So let's look at Paul. Acts chapter number 16 from verse 30 to 31. Acts 16, 30 to 31. Let's read from verse 29. Then he called for a light. Running and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas and he brought them out and said, sir, what must I do to be saved? Now look at verse 31. So they said, be believed on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. This was the same soldier. Let's, let's go all the way down to, let's go all the way down to verse 25. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to him. Suddenly there was a great earthquake and the foundations were shaking and the doors were open and every chain was falling. And the keeper of the prison, which is a soldier, okay, awaking from sleep, seeing that the prison doors was open and the prisoner had fled, drew his sword about to kill himself. But Paul called with a loud voice saying, do not Do yourself no harm. We are all here. Verse 29. Then he called for light, ran in, and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Verse 30. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what shall we do to be saved? So they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved and you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all who were in his house. Alright? And they took him the same hour at that night and wash their stripes and immediately him and his family were baptized. You see? So John's baptism was antagonistic, was repelling, was full of do's, 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 do's. But Paul's message, okay, was believe, believe. So John's baptism was behavioral modification. Paul's message of grace was heart transformation. You see? So, you can see the two do, 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 do Uh, until you become a do maybe but in this case Paul says believe, believe, believe what shall we do to be saved believe, believe believe in the Lord Jesus Christ believe in the Lord Jesus Christ believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved you and your household what must we do to be saved believe believe are you guessing what I'm saying? Believe, believe. Now let's look at Acts nineteen, seven to eleven. Let's just look at it very quickly. Acts nineteen, seven to eleven. Look at this. From verse seven. Now, the men were about 12 in all. So let's, let's look at, let's look at it from verse 5 because we started. So when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke in tongues. Now the men were about 12 in all. So just 12 men, just 12 men. Whilst they were under the baptism of John, they couldn't do much they were restricted because it was a it was a legalistic contract but the moment they heard the gospel and they heard that all they needed to do was believe all right they received the Holy Ghost now let's look at what happened next and he went into the synagogue and spoke boldly for three months reasoning and persuading concerning the things of the kingdom But when some were hardened and did not believe But spoke evil of the way before the multitude He departed from them and withdrew the disciples Reasoning daily in the school of Tyrannus Verse 10 And this continued for two years So that all who dwelt in Asia Heard the word of the Lord The word of the Lord Jesus Both Jews and Greeks Now look at verse 11 Look at verse 11 now god worked unusual miracles by the hands of paul so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick and the diseases left them and the evil spirits all right went out from them now do you see that just 12 of them this was the strategy with which they took the city 12 of them heard the gospel God baptized in the Holy Ghost received the baptism of the Holy Ghost not the baptism of John John Apollos brought to them the baptism of John okay now Paul brought them the baptism of the Holy Ghost the baptism of John was limiting in nature they couldn't do much but the baptism of the Holy Ghost released them launched them into what they were supposed to do launched them into exploits launched them into the manifestations of the Spirit the baptism of John was behavioral the baptism of the Holy Ghost which Paul preached all right. the message that Paul brought was transformational in nature the message that the church is supposed to preach is a transformational message by the Holy Ghost all right that the Holy Ghost is the one pioneering the message these signs shall follow them that believe so they were able to take the entire continent of Asia city by city when they came in contact with the gospel of grace. When they came in contact with the gospel of grace. The gospel that Paul preached. The grace of God. Backed up with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Let's look at Acts 20, 24. And then we'll close. Acts 20 from verse 24. This is; These are powerful ideas. Acts 20 from verse 24 he says none of these things move me none of these things move me nor do i count my life dear to myself so that i may finish my race with joy and the ministry which i received from the lord jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of god you see that to testify this is paul speaking to testify to the gospel of the grace of god and indeed now i know that you all among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God Will see my face no more Verse 26 Therefore I testify to you this day That I am innocent of the blood of all men For I have not shown to declare to you The whole counsel of God So Paul is saying here You see people say "Ah, I want people to preach the whole counsel of God You ought to preach the whole counsel of God Paul is saying that the whole counsel of God Is the gospel of grace Look at it. Look at it. I mean, it's there. He's there from verse 24. But none of these things move me, for I do not count my life there to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy, and the ministry which I receive from the Lord Jesus Christ to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And then he goes on to say, For I have not shown to declare to you the whole counsel of God. So the gospel of grace is actually the whole counsel of God. Praise God. The gospel of grace is the whole counsel of God. This is the kingdom of God. The gospel of grace is the revelation of the kingdom of God. The gospel of grace is the whole counsel of God. The gospel of grace is not behavioral modification. The gospel of grace points to the fact that when a heart is open to the revelation of Jesus, a transformation will begin to take place by the Holy Ghost. So when people receive the baptism, so all the while that they were under the teaching of Apollos and receiving you know, gas of the baptism of John. They were crippled, full of fear, incapacitated, couldn't do anything. The moment Paul came and brought them, what do we need to do to be saved? Believe in the Lord. Receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The next thing, they stayed in teaching for three months. They stayed being instructed in the way of the Lord for two years. And then the next thing, they were all over Asia, taking the gospel to the nations of the earth aren't you excited about this so for you and i today we're not looking for things to tell the people to do we're not asking people to do more charity all right to be able to be saved we're not saying give arms to the poor to be saved we're not saying charity is not the gospel even if you take the if you even if you use charity to bring people together you must preach the gospel because charity is not the gospel You must still preach the gospel and depend on the power of the Holy Ghost. And the gospel is simply believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Not a list of do's and don'ts. Believe. So what are we supposed to tell them? Believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved. And then we baptize them in the Holy Ghost. We get them filled with the Holy Ghost. And we unleash them to go and do great exploits everywhere they go you've got to tell them that all they need to come into salvation in Christ Jesus is belief. That all they need to experience their inheritance in Christ is to believe. That all they need to come into the fullness of God's amazing love is to believe. We don't preach the baptism of John. We preach the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We preach the gospel of God's amazing grace. Now let me tell you why it's called the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The holy spirit places a magnifying glass on everything that jesus has done you have a false spirit if he doesn't magnify jesus the holy spirit was given to magnify everything that jesus has done praise god forevermore so i want you to write this down how to win souls i told you i was going to tell you this number one the meeting how to win souls number one the meeting when you meet the sinner come with a smile come like someone who is actually bearing good news when you meet someone that you want to share the gospel with have a warm disposition, smile be friendly come like someone you know that you are carrying good news you know you are a bearer of good news so come with that attitude come with that ambience, come with that atmosphere alright then number two Matter of interest. Matter of interest. What does this mean? Connect and start with anything that they are interested in. You can ask them, how's your family? How many boys do you have? How many girls do you have? How are you? If they are watching match or they are, they are making their hair or they are cooking food or they are doing something, start with that which is what that which interests them. Start, start talking about them. You know, you know, if you see that something excites them, pressing on it a little bit more. All right. And then three, the message. All right. Three is the message. After you have started with the meeting, the meeting, you meet with them with a smile. You, you go on to a matter of interest, anything that interests them, then make sure that you shared the gospel tell them that jesus has paid for all their sins tell them that god is no longer angry with them tell them that there is therefore now no condemnation to them because they are in christ jesus tell them that god has a great purpose for their lives and invites them to believe in jesus as their lord and savior that's how we preach the gospel So write this down when all the people knew was john john's baptism they were limited the moment they heard the gospel all the other regions were reached by just 12 people in two years in two years the whole of asia was reached by just 12 disciples in two years the number is never a problem God will walk with many as he will walk with few. It is people being yielded to the Holy Ghost. The woman of Samaria was one person. She went in under the influence and brought the entire city to Jesus. If you and I would take it very serious that a glorious gospel, the glorious gospel of Jesus has been committed into our care. And yet if we never tell people what Jesus has done, they would never know. they would never know. And it's as good as it being as though it was not done. So we want we we have to tell them, for them to know. Praise God forevermore. We have to tell them, for them to know. If we don't tell them, they will never know. And it will look as though what Jesus did is going to waste. So what have we received? We have received the gospel. The glorious gospel of Jesus. We have come under the influence of the Holy Ghost who magnifies what Jesus has done. And when we go in that might, are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? Glory to God. We are able to do more within a short period of time. If everybody pays attention to this message and chooses to believe it and do what you have heard, you would see people coming to the saving power of Jesus Christ more than ever before. Brothers and sisters, the time is short. The time is short. And we have to be conscious, heavenly minded, because the time is short. Thank you for engaging yourself in this episode. We trust that your life has been beautified. If you'd like to share what Jesus is doing in your life through this ministry, Please write to us at hallowedblueprintsfairies.org. You can visit our website at www.blueprintsfairies.org. You can also follow us on Facebook at The Blueprints Church and on Instagram at The Blueprints Church. Cheers.